Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, good morning. We got to get that song right, right? We got to get the whole thing in there. How many are you ready to air band it up here this morning with a song like that? That's a, that's a favorite. Well, good morning. My name is uh, Pastor Life Anderson. I'm the executive pastor here, and I'm excited to launch our Living on a Prayer prayer series uh, this morning. But before we do, I want to let you know that Pastor Gill is in Pennsylvania celebrating his mother's 80th birthday. Here's him with Kelly and his mother. And as many of you know, it's been over 30 years that he's had a relationship. It's been a really difficult relationship with his mom, largely because his mom has not kind of come his way in that relationship. But So this is just a huge answer to prayer. I want to thank many of you for praying for this relationship. This is very something very special. As you can see, his mother is um, very ill and, and struggling right now. Um, at age 80, but it's just a special time for them to go and uh, celebrate with her out in Pennsylvania. So excited that he has that opportunity. Well, like I said, I'm excited to start this series. 66 words make up the Lord's Prayer, and it's not intended just to be recited, but intended to be lived out. It's given as something that can revolutionize our prayer lives and turn ordinary prayers into extraordinary prayers. As mentioned last week, this is an all-church series, so all of our connection groups are involved for the next eight weeks where we're digging in deeper. And I want to thank many of you that are participating. In fact, we have over 70% involvement from Grace Crossing Church involved in our connection groups, which is just staggering. And as Gil, Pastor Gill shared last Sunday, we, we learn a lot from rows, but we grow the most when we get into circles, and that's where we're headed. So I'm so excited for what God's going to do through this series. I've got a question for you. Do you ever wonder how we come up with these sermon series? This one actually came from you. As we were talking to our connection, leader, our, our connection group leadership team, as we were talking to the coaches and even participants, many of you said, this area of prayer is really difficult. It's really hard in a number of ways. So we gathered and prayed and just sensed from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit that this would be a great series to start off this fall. So this, during this series, I want to challenge you. Uh, during this next eight weeks, I want to challenge you to grow in just one area of prayer. Just one. Some of those areas may be our kingdom strategic initiatives, our focus areas as we launch out into this fiscal year. Those areas that we've talked a lot about are generosity and oneness. But there's other components of prayer that we're going to learn about as we travel through the Lord's Prayer. There's how do I praise God? How do I pray for God's kingdom and God's will to be done in my life? How do I pray for my daily needs? How do I pray for forgiveness for others and for myself? How do I pray around this area of temptation and evil that is around me and it is in this world? All of these components are found right here in Matthew 6, 9 through 12, which is our banner verse for this series. Let's read it together, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. 
May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. You know, no matter where we are and how long we've been a Christian, this area of prayer is a struggle. Listen to this video and see if you can relate to some of the things that are shared. Now, this is a little old school, but I think you're going to be able to relate to some of these areas of prayer. Let's listen. I remember going to church as an adult, right, for the first time when I started going to church and I would walk in and the pastor was like, he said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, well, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know. You want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. Right, then they explained to me, right, your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't, not, I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know what to, know what to pray about. I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good, and she must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. <laughs> she was like, Dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. <laughs> Lord, you said, But seek, S is a search, E is in everywhere, E is an excellent, K is in kingdom. You have an Alpha, Nisi, Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah, Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. <laughs> now, it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You were good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosy moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because, you know, as the, as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I can fly, amen. Anybody relate when it comes to prayer? We struggle with what to pray. We struggle sometimes how to pray. And then we worry and compare with others that are praying, especially with really big words or the nicknames of God, as, as was said here by, uh, on this video. Well, this is all a part of learning how to pray. And I, I just want to kind of open it up and just say, hey, we struggle. There's areas that we can really work on. And let's just create some freedom especially in our church and even in our connection groups, to create a place where we can begin to step in. I love that ocean song. Step into some water. Step in a little deeper in our prayer lives. Just to take that next step of faith that God is leading us in. You know, the context of the Lord's Prayer here is found in Matthew 6, and it's part of the greater Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, where Jesus breaks down some of the most important 
aspects of the Christian life. The main theme that runs through the Sermon on the Mount is this, heart and motives over actions. That's what Jesus is most concerned about. In fact, just before he starts on the topic of prayer in Matthew 6, 5, Jesus is talking about giving and generosity in Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Does that sound familiar? You know, sometimes God's got a sense of humor. And when I was looking at the context, I'm like, wow, we just finished a series on that. And there's some really cool connections he makes with both generosity and giving and prayer that he ties together. In a nutshell, what he's trying to do here and what he ties together with both giving and prayer is don't fake it. Don't be showy or focused on pleasing others. He says, be real in your generosity and your prayers. Focus on pleasing God rather than pleasing men. I just think of how easily it is for us to get tripped up in these areas when it comes to prayer. In Matthew 6, 5 through 8, as part of the context, Jesus emphasizes these areas in prayer that we can get tripped up in. Worrying about what others think when we pray. Turning prayer into a speech or a performance, you know, using big words and trying to be really eloquent. Or turning prayer into a business transaction. God, if I do this for you, then will you do this for me? And then lastly, turning prayer into a formula or a good luck charm, which can often happen with the Lord's Prayer. I was a part of Athletes in Action and a part of sports for a long time in my life. I can't, I don't know if I can remember a time in a locker room where a team, whether one I was on or one that I was involved with, with Athletes in Action, where the Lord's Prayer wasn't given before the game. And I'm not saying sometimes that's genuine with some guys, but often not, I, I knew some of those guys and I knew the lives they lived. And sometimes we just create this good luck charm. Like if I say this, God, then will we win? Will I do really good? And that's not what God has in mind here when it comes to prayer. You see, all of these are examples that Jesus gives of how not to pray. And why? Because it's simply not genuine. God doesn't want it to be fake, but sincere, real, and even raw and from the heart. So how do we pray in a way that is real and genuine and not get tripped up with some of these other ways of praying? We need to remember who we are before God. The big idea this morning is this. Prayer flows from our identity of who we are. It's beautiful how Jesus does this in the first part of the Lord's Prayer when he says, our Father in heaven. Here he reveals three significant characteristics of who we are as we pray. And the first one is this, our. He doesn't use my. He doesn't just say Father, but he says our Father. And the significance of that is we belong to a family. The Christian life is not a solo thing. It's a family thing. Let's look at Matthew 12, 46 through 50, how Jesus emphasizes this. 
as Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my mother, or excuse me, my brother and sister and my mother. Staggering how Jesus brings a distinction here between his earthly family and his spiritual family. And this is precisely what it means here when Jesus says, pray our father. He wants us to realize there's a family connection going on when we come to Christ that is felt very, very deeply. Have you ever felt closer to your spiritual family than to your earthly family? You know, many of you have shared with me here at Grace Crossing Church very similar things, whether it's you're in a, a connection group that, that is close and making you feel like family and you're sharing some things that you've never shared before, or you've just had interactions and there's close connections that you have and you've said, this is my family. I, I feel so much closer to my Christian family, to, to, to people here at Grace Crossing Church than I do with my earthly family. And this is what Jesus is getting at here, that we're a part of a forever family and there's gonna be relationships that are stronger in our spiritual family than they are in our biological or adoptive families. In many ways, our church family can help fill in the gaps from our earthly families. Maybe you've lost a family member or didn't have a very good relationship with a family member. God has a way of providing for us in our church family or other believers he brings us in contact with. And it's God's way of providing for our needs. I've experienced this. There's a man that God's brought in my life. He's an older guy. And I, he's kind of been a mentor or a surrogate dad to me. And we get together about once a month and have breakfast, but he's been a man that has encouraged me as a dad, has encouraged me as a husband. I look up to him in the same ways. But in a sense, he's kind of met some needs that my earthly dad couldn't, couldn't meet. And I've just been so thankful for that relationship. I've experienced that here at Grace Crossing and, and outside of Grace Crossing where God has brought men into my life that are like brothers, brothers that are closer than friends. And it's been so powerful and so encouraging to have those men in my life. I feel that way with our staff team here at Grace Crossing. We've got kind of a, a family feel where JT and Gil are like brothers and Lindsay and Debbie and Lydia are like sisters and we're there for each other. We're supportive of each other. And so this whole idea that this is who we are, we're part of a family and it's a very special spiritual family that God has given us. And so in that family, it's safe and we can pray with confidence with one another. We don't have to feel like we're trying to do it for somebody or trying to say a bunch of big words to sound good. And I just wanna encourage us that we're all in this together learning about prayer. So let's, let's come around each other, especially that area maybe that we're gonna grow in 
and really be supportive, really be prayerful, and even encourage each other to step out in this area of prayer so that it'll be just a sense of uh, synergy as we grow and trust God to grow in this area. Well, that brings us to the next part of who we are in prayer, and that is we have a father. And the second characteristic is we can warmly speak to God as father or Abba. Romans 8, 15 through 16, Paul encourages us to this area. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. It says here, we no longer need to be afraid. We no longer need to be afraid because we're no longer a slave to sin. We're family. We're a son. We're a daughter. We don't need to let fear bully us anymore. What is one thing you're afraid of when it comes to prayer? Is it what others think? Is it not being articulate and able to use big words? Well, I want to encourage you this morning to surrender this fear to God and ask the Holy Spirit to come into that place and begin to calm that fear and then begin to strengthen you in this area. And I want to encourage you, whether it's in your connection group or someone you know, ask someone to support you and pray for you in this area. Because fear, we've sung before in worship songs, it's a liar, it bullies us. And left alone, we'll have trouble overcoming that fear. So we need to bring others in around us. Maybe this might be your area when it comes to an area to grow in in prayer. It might be just fear. Like, I'm, I'm just afraid when I've got to start to pray, especially if I've got to pray out loud. And I really want you to go after this because we don't need to let fear bully us anymore as Christians. We're a son. We're a daughter to the father. And he wants us to feel that sense of safety, that sense of love, and not like we're putting on a performance. And he wants us to lock, lock into these truths that we see here in Romans 8, 15 to 16, that we're adopted as a son or daughter, that we can call him Abba, Father. And this is just a special privilege that we have in this family. When we come to know Jesus, we have this special privilege to call him that. And then lastly, we need to realize this affirmation from the Holy Spirit. The spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit wants to help us in this, wants to affirm this reality, this reality that we are deeply loved, fully accepted, and greatly delighted in as as his children. We're a son and a daughter going to our loving dad. And that is what father means here in the Aramaic. Abba or Dada, dad or daddy. It's a close, intimate word that he wants us. Jesus is saying, this 
is how I want you to refer to God. I spoke about this further on Father's Day on a podcast. If you'd like to listen to more on just God's fatherhood, feel free to to listen to that. But God chose the title of father to capture the way he wants us to relate to him. And for some of you, this is very easy because you've had a loving father. It's so much easier when you have a loving father, earthly father, and then transition to a spiritual father. But it's very difficult if you've not had a healthy relationship with your father and that he wasn't a good role model for you. What happens is we naturally project our experience of our earthly dad to our heavenly dad. In his book, The Faith of Fatherless, The Faith of the Fatherless, psychologist Paul Witz has shown that many first generations, get this, atheists had abusive, absent, or passive fathers. This psychological discovery applies to all people, including Christians. Many Christians picture their, picture their father's face whenever they think about God. Was your father disengaged, absentee, abusive, authoritarian? We need to have our minds, Paul Witt says, transformed to see God as he reveals himself in scripture rather than projecting our fallen fathers in his place. So a couple next step for those of you that may struggle here. This may be an obstacle to embrace God as a loving father. Just two things I want to leave with you. One, release the bitterness that you have towards your earthly father. Because more often than not, it's doing way more damage on you than it is to him or anyone else. So release that. Second, meditate on key passages about God's fatherhood. Some key scriptures are Psalm 23 that we went through this summer or Psalm 139. Zephaniah, I know we don't mention that book a lot, but Zephaniah 317 is a powerful verse on how God feels about us as a father. And then Luke 15, 11 through 31, the son of the, or the, the story of the prodigal son, but it's also the story of the loving father embracing his son. Or you can read really good books on this topic. A few of them that, that I've read that I would recommend, especially for men, Fathered by God by John Eldridge, Knowing God by J.I. Packer, and then Prodigal God by Tim Keller are really good books to help in this area. Well, the last characteristic of knowing who we are that helps us in prayer is to, we, we need to realize that our conversations with the Father go straight to the throne of heaven. Let's look at Hebrews 4.16 in the Amplified Version. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is, the throne of God's gracious favor, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find his amazing grace to help in time of need an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. The key here, and I I love how the Amplified Version stresses this, is found right away. Therefore, let us with privilege. We are privileged as a son and a daughter. We have secret access 
to God the Father. We have security clearance to go right to the throne of heaven. Let that sink in. Sometimes I needed to, to, to pause on this and say, wow, this is incredible. Why? Why do we have this access? Because we're good Christians? No. We have access just because we're God's son and daughter and because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And with that, we can come with confidence and not fear. You are fully accepted as you are as a son and daughter. You do not have to prove anything with prayer. You can come to him and pray from your heart. And this is heaven that we have access to. It's greater than the White House, greater than a Fortune 500 company boardroom, greater than a King's Palace or the CIA or the FBI. We get to go directly to the throne of grace and to heaven. And I love his promises here as we go there. He promises to give us mercy from our failures. He promises to give us grace with our weaknesses and our needs. You know, I was thinking about this when it comes to imagine. You know, imagine and in, in this initiative has taken a lot longer than what we have expected. The way has been very slow and it's caused us to pray. And in so doing, it has strengthened our trust in him to provide. Just like Hebrews 4.16 says, in his, appro his appropriate blessing, just at the right moment. There's a sense that sometimes we gotta wait for God and for his timing on things, and it's hard. But what a privilege we have to be a son or a daughter, to collaborate and communicate with our Father, the creator of the entire universe. We have special privilege to be in communication with him. So as we move along in this series, Living on a Prayer, I pray we will let God's word and his Holy Spirit take these truths into us deeply. I pray it will shoot adrenaline and confidence inside of us, recognizing who we are, so that when it comes to this area of prayer, we'll recognize the privilege and the opportunity that we have as his son and daughter. And you guys, this is a big deal. Sometimes we can just take this for granted, but it's a real privilege that we have. But it's also easy to forget who we are along the way, just like this clip from one of the top movies of the summer. Listen in. Who are you? I'm nobody. Look closer. Everybody is somebody. And so I ask again, who are you? Great question to leave with. Who are you? Do you realize what you have as a son and a daughter to the father? Just like Simba, we can forget along the way. We can get distracted by life's daily activities, the distractions that can mount in so many different ways. But God is calling us here. Jesus is calling us to get back, remember who you are as a son and as a daughter, 
so fear can be replaced with confidence and authority as we pray. Remember, we belong to a forever family. We can warmly call him father or dad, and our conversation goes straight to the throne of heaven. Let's pray together. Father, Abba, Dad, we come to you. And as your children, we ask you to help us to learn how to pray and to take that next step, whatever it might be, the, whatever way you're speaking to us this morning or throughout this series. Give us that confidence that we already have as your child and help us, Lord God, to take steps to communicate with you to bring our conversations right to the throne of heaven. Oh, Lord, you long for us to come humbly and dependently upon you in this way. Take us to the next level, Lord, as a church and personally in this area of prayer. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.